podcasts from the Cochrane Library, the latest evidence for healthcare decision-making. Hello, I'm Mike Clark, podcast editor for the Cochrane Library. Cochrane has produced a series of reviews relevant to the COVID-19 pandemic and is keeping these up to date in light of new evidence. In November 2022, we published the second version of a living systematic review on systemic corticosteroids. And in this podcast, the first authors, Mirko Griesel of the University of Leipzig Medical Center and Karina Wagner of the University Hospital in Cologne in Germany, talk about the evidence they found and the potential effects of these drugs. Hi Mirko, thanks for being here today. Could you begin by telling us why this update is important and giving some background on systemic corticosteroids and COVID-19? Thank you, too. We are quite excited to share our findings and thoughts here again. The rationale for the use of systemic steroids is their immunomodulatory potential in the hyperinflammatory state of severe and critical COVID-19. This is because, while trying to prevent virus replication in infected cells, the body's immune system launches an all-out attack, which also harms other cells in the body. In the first version of our review, we found that the probable slight effect of systemic steroids might be limited to severely and critically ill patients, while those in the mild stages or without any symptoms might experience harm if given systemic steroids. I remember that that was a key finding when the review was published in August 2021. So why is it important to continue to review the effectiveness of these drugs? And why are we using a living systematic review approach? It's because we know that other interventions for COVID-19 have failed after initial excitement and the evidence for corticosteroids in similar conditions, such as acute respiratory distress syndrome and sepsis, has been contradictory. Moreover, When we prepared the first version of the review, most of the data came from one study, the Large Recovery Trial. Many other studies had not been published or even finished enrollment by then, and what was a probable slight effect on rather short-term mortality at 28 days needed more scrutiny. In using the living approach, we continuously monitor the evolving evidence through weekly update searches and regular consultations in our working group, and with the Cochrane Central Editorial Unit. The goal is to avoid spending time and money on the preparation and analysis of the updated review until enough data have been published to make a substantial difference to the conclusions. The living systematic review approach also allows us to explore sub-questions like dosing or patient selection in more depth. Apart from these time-dependent aspects, we also made qualitative amendments to our review. For example, we decided that the platform trial designs of recovery and REMAP-CAP needed more consideration as to whether their results can be used in the same way as we use results from conventional randomized trials. Finally, based on feedback uh, on the first version of our review, we wanted to do subgroup analysis to take a closer look at equity-related factors such as age, meaning younger and older than 70 years, sex, ethnicity, where black, Asian or other ethnicity versus white versus unknown were available, and place of residence, meaning high income versus low and middle income countries. Thanks. Let's move to the evidence that we were able to include in the November 2022 version of the review. Please, can you tell us about that? We could include 16 randomized trials reporting on approximately 9,600 participants, half of whom received steroids. 
All the studies looked at participants with moderate or severe COVID-19, which means that they all had been admitted to hospitals but needing different levels of respiratory or other organ support. 11 trials compared systemic steroids plus standard care to standard care with a placebo given to the standard care group in some of these. In four trials compared different dosages of dexamethasone. There was also one trial comparing different systemic steroids, namely methylprednisolone and dexamethasone, but with 86 participants. It's too small for reliable conclusions about the effects on mortality. So, what do the other studies tell us about the effects for people with COVID-19? For the addition of systemic steroids to standard care, the data from 10 studies, which contained nearly 8,000 of the participants, provided moderate certainty evidence that steroids probably have a small effect on all-cause mortality up to 30 days after the drugs are started. But the evidence for the effect on all-cause mortality up to 120 days remains very uncertain. For all-cause mortality up to 30 days, people younger than 70 seem to benefit more from systemic steroids compared to those aged 70 years and older. For ethnicity, the few participants from a black, Asian or other ethnic group showed a larger estimated effect than the white participants. But the other subgroup analysis I mentioned showed no relevant effects. We are particularly excited about the new comparison of different dosing of systemic steroids. But our assessment of the risk of bias means that there is only low and very low certainty evidence that high doses of 12 milligrams or more per day may lead to lower all-cause mortality at 28 days compared to 6 to 8 milligrams, such as used in the recovery trial. What about safety? What evidence is there about any unwanted events? Only two studies with 678 participants reported serious adverse events and five trials with 660 participants provided data for hospital-acquired infections and adverse events more generally. However, the high risk of bias in these study outcomes, combined with the likelihood of publication bias, means that we refrain from meta-analysis and are not able to provide firm conclusions. Alongside this updating of things we looked at the first review, are there other new aspects of the update of the review that are worth mentioning? Yes, indeed. Although we cannot quantify this, many of the participants included in the studies in this update will have been enrolled in studies before the widespread vaccination programs and most of them had acquired their first infection. This introduces some indirectness to our whole body of evidence when we try to apply it to the current situation. We now also have more emphasis on the global health aspects of COVID-19 and, for example, we have discussed the possibility that, in low resource or tropical environments, considerably more harm might come from secondary infections, which might require more caution in the use of steroids. Thanks. In summary, what's the main conclusion and what are our next steps? The take-home message is that systemic steroids appear to have a marginal effect on short-term mortality up to 30 days, which is the basis for their inclusion in treatment guidelines worldwide. However, they continue to be nothing like a magic bullet with the power to change the course of the pandemic. Looking to the future, we know of 23 trials that have been completed but not yet published their results, and there are at least another 42 ongoing studies. 
These studies might help resolve some of the remaining uncertainties and we plan to update the review when the accumulating evidence will allow us to derive more certain conclusions. Finally, Mirko, if people would like to read the review, how can they get hold of it? It's available from CochraneLibrary.com. Typing corticosteroids for COVID-19 in the search box will bring up a link to the review. And listeners might also be able to link straight to it from the platform which they got this podcast from.